you think for yourself? We like that around here. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. When it comes to free speech and when it comes to social media, there are a lot of answers we don't have yet because we don't know to ask the right questions. And when it comes to elected officials, well, they may not have the same rights as the rest of us, depending on how the courts decide. This is really an interesting case that's before the U.S. Supreme Court, and we'll talk about how that affects you. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us here on American Viewpoints. Okay, here's the name of the case, Lindke versus Free. Now, that probably does not mean a darn thing to you, but it is about the First Amendment. It's about social media, and it's about the people that we elect to lead us and to make decisions. So do I have your attention now? Well, this case has to do with whether public officials can block you if they don't like what you're saying or if they just find you annoying. Because we can do that to anybody else, but can they do it to us? I am now joined by Gary Lakowski. He is with the Dillon Law Group. And uh, Gary, I find this case really fascinating because I've seen similar cases around the country go different directions where essentially a public official says, this person's trolling me, they're being a jerk, they're harassing me. I just hit block. I don't want to deal with them on social media. And the Supreme Court is being asked to basically, as I understand it, to decide whether or not that's a violation of free speech. How do you assess the case itself? So the thank you, first, thank you for having me. And the case itself, I mean, this is a fascinating issue. As you noted, this has come up in a bunch of different places. It came up with President Trump's Twitter feed, came up with, I believe, a state representative out your way down in Missouri. It came up with a supervisor up here in my area, up in Northern Virginia. So it's come up all across the country where courts are addressing these questions of, hey, what can government officials do on social media? Can they block you? Are they acting as a government employee when they do that? Are they acting as, you know, regular Joe, you or me when they do that? So it really is a fascinating issue to kind of sort out. And it's very tough for the courts as they're, as came across in the oral argument yesterday to kind of figure out where do you draw these lines? It seems like it should be a very simple question. You know, are, can you block someone? But it turns out it can be very complicated when you get into these factors and when you get into kind of the different scenarios that can come up. What is the difference with social media? I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate, you know, from the politician's perspective, Gary. Uh, if somebody is just being a jerk to me on Twitter or whatever, uh, I can block them. But if I'm an elected official, they can still email me. They can still call me. Uh, in theory, they can still knock on my door in the state capitol and give me their opinion. So why would social media from the court's perspective be different or similar when it comes to speech and hearing what constituents have to say? So it can be different in a couple of ways. One is I can email you as a citizen reaching out to the government, but you can't always reach me. And sometimes what some of these people have been doing in some of these cases is using their social media accounts to put out information about what the government's doing. So they're essentially making what are almost official announcements on social media and it's changed over the years as to what kind of the consequences are from blocking someone or from keeping someone from accessing your page. But there's a risk there that if you block someone and they can't view your page, now they can no longer access that governmental information that you're sending out through your Twitter, through your Facebook, depending on what medium and what their blocking policies are for today. It's also a question of you've created a forum where people are discussing public ideas. And generally, we want that to be more sort of above board. We don't really like the idea of these smoke-filled rooms where people are getting together behind closed doors and making policy. 
So when we have these forums where people are engaging in open discussion about what should we do about COVID? What should we do about some of these school issues? What should we do about these other issues? And you have people chiming in directly to public officials and them responding and going back and forth about that. Well, that looks more like it's an official action that's similar to say a rulemaking at the federal level where you take public and com where you take public comment and you have people weigh in publicly so that they can see what other people are saying and who's being influenced by what. Does it matter if it's a personal account versus in a government office account? Like, for instance, we've got people running for uh, different offices and they've got their official government office account and then they've got, you know, a, a, a campaign account and some of them still have a personal account. Does it matter which account we're talking about or will the rules apply uh, sort of across the board just because you're in elected office? That's a great question. And it's one of the main questions the court's being asked to answer. So as you've sort of alluded to, this comes up in a couple different ways. Some people have an official government account. In that case, it's usually pretty clear that, okay, I'm acting in my government capacity. Where these cases, though, are coming up is where you have something that's something other than your official state-sponsored government account. So it's come up in cases where someone had a personal account that they had before they came into office. Once they came in, they started using it more as kind of a way of disseminating information about their official duties. It's come up where people have started off with a campaign account. They said, I'm running for office. I want to be the supervisor, the school board member, what have you. They get into office and they continue to use that account to do those types of things. And it comes up where people create what they say is a personal account, but it's created on their own time. No one asked them necessarily to do it, but it's after they became a government official and it's used almost exclusively to talk about government. We are busy with Gary Lakowski from the Dillon Law Group. And uh, Gary, it seems to me that this is almost a case where there could be a conflict of different people's right to speak or not speak. Uh, is this a matter of the First Amendment isn't as clearly applied here as it would be in other cases? In some ways, yes. And Justice Kagan actually noticed this and commented on it during the oral argument that this is a case where there really are competing First Amendment values on both sides of the issue. On one hand, there's that sort of traditional First Amendment value of people should be able to criticize their government. Government can't tell you to go stand in a corner and be quiet if they don't like what you're saying. On the other hand, though, government officials are people just like the rest of us. They have First Amendment rights in their personal capacity when they're not wearing their government hat. And so how far do those rights extend? And those kind of collide into each other when you're talking about these official or semi-official accounts that are created, that are nominally private, but where people are using them to do stuff that looks an awful lot like it's their official work. So if uh, if you had a vote or you were to argue for this U.S. Supreme Court on this, what would be, in your opinion, the right outcome that respects all First Amendment uh, guarantees, but uh, also allows everybody the maximum amount of freedom to speak or not speak. So it's a tough question, and that's why the Supreme Court gets paid the big bucks to kind of settle <laughs> this type of issue. I don't know that I can, sitting here today, it's tough to give a clear test. And I think that came across during the argument where the justices are weighing different hypotheticals. Personally, I think it's going to be broader than what the Sixth Circuit did in this case. I think they took a very formalist approach. I don't think that's quite the right answer. I do think it's helpful, though, to look at it and try to establish bright lines for what government officials can do to clarify, OK, I'm wearing my government hat today. I'm not wearing my government hat. 
I think something like disclaimers is always useful. So if an official says, this is my private account, that can be very helpful. Now, again, though, it's, it gets tricky when you get into the weeds of that and whether or not and how people are using that. And it's come up in a number of other contexts. So it it's a tough issue. Like I said, I think it's going to be broader than kind of what the Sixth Circuit did. And personally, I would make it broader than that. But I think the court's going to have a interesting time kind of de defining these lines. And I don't know this will be the last answer on all these questions because of that. Yeah, so they'll clear it up until the next round of technology comes into place and we have to address the questions all over again. Gary, where do we uh, follow the work that you're doing or with the Dillon Law Group? So I'm at the Law Walkowski on Twitter. You can follow me there. Uh, Dillon Law also has its own page. All right, Gary Lukowski, thank you so much for the uh, for the input on this because uh, this is one of those big conceptual questions that we don't have the answers to. The Supreme Court will make a decision, but at some point the technology is going to change and we just have to decide what we value when it comes to speech. Yep. Thanks for having me. You know, regardless of what the U.S. Supreme Court decides, we are nowhere near done with the debate over free speech and social media and whatever is next when it comes to communications and technology. Fascinating topic right there. All right, just ahead, we are seeing an increase in the number of lawsuits and complaints against doctors who have done so-called gender transitioning, making those surgical changes to people's bodies when they're having gender dysphoria. What's that mean? Not just legally, but what could that mean for our medical practice and what could that mean for our laws and our culture. We're talking about all of that just ahead right here on American Viewpoints.